I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven Now forget what he said and listen to me What you really wanna do is stack those RBs You can be Linda, just let me be frank Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank One says it's awful, the other says it's great It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in, episode 175 of the Dynasty Debates, the best kept secret in all of Dynasty Fantasy Football. I am your humble host, as always, Evan Brown, the humblest host in the biz. You can catch me over on Twitter at FFEvanLution. You can follow the show at Dynasty Debates, or you can drop me an email, DynastyDebates at gmail.com. Many ways to get in touch, get involved. Let me know what you love, what you hate, what you want to hear more of on this show the hashtag usual prospects is marching along we are into draft month we are super excited we're still talking wide receivers because there's a lot of wide receivers to get through we are joined once again by wonderful guest matt thornton at matt ff dynasty go give him a follow on twitter check out his work over with the fantasy wild card one of the premier uk based dynasty fantasy football podcasts uh yeah matt is just a great dude he he is an analytical guy. He loves his rookies and he loves talking about them. So we have been talking wide receiver prospects at the minute. We've been talking prospects through this whole process. We're getting closer and closer to the draft. We're doing two prospects per episode. Shorter episodes just give you a chance to really sink your teeth into what we're talking about and get up to speed with these guys. So hopefully you enjoyed these episodes and hopefully you'll enjoy this one. I know I sure did. Let's jump right into it. Something is wrong with you. I got a fever. Adam himself could not resist the temptation of rookie fever. We're going to talk now about somebody who is not an underrated prospect. He is not somebody that people won't have heard of if they've been paying any attention to this process at all. You're going to know the name Quentin Johnston. He is, well, I mean, he is a dog. I'll be honest. Yes, of course he is a dog. Um, this guy, I mean, we were talking about dogs, this whole list here. So he's out of TCU, 21 years old. He's a junior. So hashtag early declare. Matt is getting all hot and bothered <laughs> over there. He's had to put himself on mute. He's sweating profusely. Um, this He's a former four-star recruit. He is six foot three, 208 pounds. So he's one of the fewer sort of like prototypical traditional X receiver sized dudes. Like we've got a lot of young, smaller guys like the tank Dells and the Josh Downs and all these guys that, you know, are smaller, they're slighter. And we're sort of like, okay, we're excited. We're a little bit concerned about size. He's not one of those guys. Quentin Johnson, 6'3", 208. Um, he was a 2022 Bolitnikoff Award semifinalist. I mean, this whole list is just littered with Bolitnikoff semifinalists. <laughs> they were all fighting it out for these honors. Um, these are the creme de la creme. Matt is just, he's such a nice guy. I thought, you know what? I've got to bring out the big guns for him. We're <laughs> going to talk all the big, all the hits, the greatest hits. It's all killer, no filler on these episodes. Uh, Quentin Johnson was a 2022 first First team, all big 12. Interesting little nugget here. His 19 um, career yards per reception average ranked second among active players in the FBS. So I love to see that. You love a big play. You love a big play threat. Um, and again, kind of similar to what we talked about with Tank Dell. 
he sort of saved the best for last. He had his best season right here. And obviously with how well TCU did, I think it just made a lot of sense. Him and Kendra Miller were probably just like, yeah, let's get out of Dodge <laughs> while the getting is good. Let's go for this NFL draft. We don't think we're going to do much better next year. So just for context, as a sophomore in 2021, Johnston only played in eight games. I had 33 receptions, 634 yards per reception. Or sorry, 634 yards per reception would be awesome. <laughs> 634 yards, 19.2 yards per reception and six touchdowns. Then this last year, TCU, the Horn Frogs should be the Horny Toads, played in 14 games. He had 60 receptions, 1,069 yards, noise, 17.8 yards per reception, and again, six touchdowns. So you can see there, he obviously bumped up, he doubled his sort of receptions. He really, he broke the thousand yards and still managed to almost hit 18 yards per reception. Really, really nice season. Um, but yeah, what what do we think here? What are your what are your thoughts on Quentin Johnson? I know you love a, a big a big Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> so what are your thoughts here, Matt? Are you in love? Uh, yeah, that was a good one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I do really like Quentin Johnson. I think I'm going to be higher than maybe a lot of people. I know a lot of people do have concerns with him. I kind of just label him as that that outside receiver. A lot of people are going to say that kind of. DK Metcalf, you know, he's not really got that that elite route tree. He's just a, a big guy that, that's really good in the vertical game, but what can he do apart from that? But I think Quentin Johnson's got a little bit more than what people give him credit for. We, we spoke about a couple of guys already that have got great yard after the catchability. Quentin Johnson fits that role as well when he's got the ball in his hands. He's really impressive, 8.9 yards um, after catch per reception last year, which was 13th in, in, the, in college football. So... Um, He's a guy that, despite being this this big guy that you're going to label as just a, a vertical threat, when he gets the ball, he can make people miss. And, and with that size, that's really impressive to me. Um, now, I know he's, you, you mentioned he could be enlisted at 208. I think people thought he'd be a little bit heavier. I think through his college career, he was listed at around uh, 215. So the fact that he did come in that little bit lighter, maybe shocked some people. Didn't run a 40 time either. So you can't even give the, the explanation that he was kind of losing weight to put up that, that good 40 time. But in the combine, he actually excelled at the two things that he did participate in. He did the broad jump. 11 foot 2 inches, which tied second amongst the wide receivers. His vertical 40.5 inches, which was third. So both of those are over the thresholds. When I look at the combine, anything over 11 11 foot in the broad, anything over 40 inches in the vert are both like elite level kind of performances. So he was was above that in both of those. So that really stood out to me, I know. Um, if you if you follow at Math Bomb on on Twitter, he does the the RAS that you see all over Twitter when when people are posting them pictures of like the the green, yellows, and and reds of people relative athletic scores. He was green in those two and like literally elite at those. So um, that's really impressive from him. And I think he's somebody that the NFL are going to fall in love with. We, we, we know that they love these big bodied guys. Um, I do think that he's going to get that first round draft capital in the NFL draft. Um, I've seen that kind of the the hype slipping a little bit at the moment for him. Um, it's kind of falling towards that, that back end of the, the first round. But I think with that kind of size and, and what he's done in college football, he broke out as a as a 19-year-old as well. So he's got that early breakout age. That's something that the that, that NFL scouts are, are going to love as well, that he can produce at such a young age. So um, I'm really excited by him. I think that there's obviously some concerns there with him, but overall I think he's a, a really exciting player and, and somebody that I'm going to be super on um, this this upcoming upcoming off season. <laughs> yes, lo- I knew you would love this guy. <laughs> you love a big a big wide receiver. Um, I like him as well. To be fair, like I definitely have a solid first round rookie draft grade on him. Yeah. Like I have no problems taking him in the first round. Um, I think interestingly enough, so 
I really like him. I feel like he's one of those players as I watch him, I'm sort of like thinking that there's more meat on the bones, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like I don't feel like he's fully developed yet as a route runner and all that kind of stuff. But I feel like just watching him, I feel like there's some progression that you see there as you watch him play, you know, year on year and you see him getting better. And I feel like, yeah, I feel like if he gets into the right system and he, you know, I would love to see him actually go somewhere where he could be the number two at first, you know what I mean? Where he's not expected to be the number one dude, because I do think he's got a little bit of growing in his, in his route running, a little bit of growing and some of his understanding and things. But I think there's a lot of really nice physical tools there. I think there's a lot of nice, um, you know, just nice ability that, you know, you you sort of things like his size and stuff, you can't coach. And that's awesome that he's got that up his sleeve, but he is big, solid. He's well built. You know what I mean? So again, in theory, he should handle like that pressure and the, and the, um, the, the physicality of the NFL pretty well. He played out wide, but he also was able to drop down in the slot at times. So he showed some versatility there. Uh, I thought he was solid, but not spectacular in and out of his breaks. Um, he did have a really nice ability to create after the catch, which you already mentioned. I really like that about him because again, I do really like, I value Yak. Um, he's one of the guys that had really solid yak ability which is really great especially when you consider him to be one of the better prospects in Mm -hmm. the wide receiver class you know it's nice to see that that string to his bow when some of the other guys that are kind of in that mix of being the top receivers don't have that um he has a really big wingspan which is nice you know uh he does lack the sort of elite burst to sort of chase down over thrown balls so i feel like you still need to get it in the neighborhood for him um you know he's not got that jalen hyatt next gear you know speed that he can just turn on but he does have a pretty big radius pretty big catch radius so like you know on the boundary and just in those kind of situations you can really imagine him sort of if he can really work on his hands um he did have a lot of drops in traffic which is annoying and kind of concerning you know you sort of think a guy like that big body guy kind of almost reminds me a little bit of like and I, I don't want to make this comparison because I'm not saying he is this guy, but he sort of almost reminds me of like a DeAndre Hopkins a little bit, like a big bodied, tough, physical kind of receiver. Not a burner, but like a big guy who can go up and get it, can be dangerous in the red zone, things like that. Um, but unfortunately, he doesn't at the minute have the chops that DeAndre Hopkins had as far as like his hands. And, you know, he does have those drops in traffic. He does have a lot of body catches, which I I don't like. I, I, I mean, I understand that all receivers will have body catches at times. Maybe it's just more comfortable, natural, certain positions. But... I do see a lot of body catches with him and that annoys me and stresses me out a little bit because one of the things like we talked about already, I've said multiple times with receivers, I want to see good hands and good route running. Those are two of my favorite, most important things that I want to see, you know, that I think translate to the next level really well. Um, And I'm also not sure about his blocking. Now, again, we're not getting points for blocking all that sort of stuff, but when you see these guys who are like, not really putting in the effort at blocking and just kind of like mailing it in on certain aspects of the game, you do sort of think, okay, well, that's okay. Maybe if you're like a Jamar Chase and you're sort of like, hey, man, I'm going to be a top five pick, like doesn't matter. I can do whatever. I'm like, you know, but guys like Quentin Johnston, I don't think have quite that pedigree. So I'd like to see them really put in the effort in every element of the game if possible. Uh, but I see nice short, intermediate and deep routes, which is lovely to see because a lot of these guys are sort of like, yeah, like we talked about with Puka Nakua. Yeah, he smashes the short stuff and the, you know, rally screens and being used out of the backfield. But you worry about some of the other stuff where I do see nice, short, intermediate and deep routes um i just think he could continue to develop so i like that i see a lot of potential there 
hands and contested catches are a concern at the minute um, for me personally. But yeah, absolutely a first round grade for me. And I think you'll have to take him in the first round. I don't think any way there's any way you're going to get him in the second or third round of your rookie drafts. If you do, I would love to be in that league. Could you send me an invite? I will happily take Quentin Johnston in the mid second round. Thank you very much. Um, but yeah, how high in the first round out of curiosity? So let, let's just say for talk's sake, it is a one QB because I think with Superflex, you know, it's you can say, oh, it's a, I would take him in the late first, but really you're still saying, you know, he's one of the top skill position players you're taking because we're talking probably four quarterbacks in the first round in the top half of the first round of our of our super flex draft so in a one qb league we're going to assume Bijan is the 101 for most people but where how high roughly would you take quentin johnson without knowing you know landing spot and draft capital i think i'd probably take him at the, the 104 spot he's my wide receiver two in in this upcoming class um jackson smith and jigman's my wide receiver one but beyond him it's between him and, and Joan Addison for me, between the two wide receivers that I like in that that tier two. So I think that the 104 is perfectly fine in the one QB league. And I think Jameer Gibbs is, is probably the running back that I would maybe take over him. Um, I know we're, we're not really going to get too much into him, but I think he's a really exciting um, prospect. And, and we know the position scarcity is something that, that you've got to value when doing your rookie draft. So I do kind of tend to lean towards the more um, elite running backs, the more pristine running backs, because as I say, they've got that little bit more value in terms of, of what they can do for you in, in Dynasty. So, um, yeah, the, the 104 is where I take him. So that's like early, early first, mid first. If you can get him mid first, then I think you're getting a, a pretty good deal there, to be honest. Nice. Yeah. I am, um, yeah, I'm probably a little bit lower, but not majorly. Like, I think in a one QB league, <clears throat> for me, I. I like him probably more than than JSN, to be honest. I'm not a huge Jackson Smith and Jigba fan. Um, I do like him, but I'm not, you know, I'm not as high on him as a lot of people are. Um, but yeah, I, I would say, you know, definitely in that mid first round, I would be more than happy taking a shot on him because I just see a lot of uh, potential there. And I see a lot of, like you say, it's it's really nice to have that big bodied X receiver. You know what I mean? Because we don't have a lot of those in this class. So I definitely think there's a lot of a lot of stuff to be excited about there. Speaking of things to be excited about, I am just going to move on here because I know we've been going for quite a while. We're getting excited. We're getting ahead of ourselves and we could be talking all night, but I know Matt's a busy dude. He's got to chase down the head of the Thornton Chocolate Foundry (laughs) and explain to him how he is a long lost cousin and get that free chocolate for life. But before he does that, we are going to talk about Rasheed Rice. Um, Rasheed Rice is another pretty big dude, actually. Uh, He comes out of SMU. So a couple of these sort of smaller school i want to say prospects that are actually some of the bigger ish names in this class interestingly enough might say more about the class itself um i don't feel like particularly strong wide receiver group i feel like my wide receiver one or two would probably be like wide receiver four or five last year um in the class but there are guys that i'm excited about and i'm interested in i just don't know that there's any like elite level talent in this class as in like oh this guy's going to be a top 12 dynasty wide receiver um but rishi rice comes out of smu he's 22 year old so he is a senior a lot of seniors in this class. He was a three-star recruit. He comes in at six foot one, two oh four. So again, pretty nice size for a receiver. He did lead the FBS in receiving yards per game in 2022 with 112.9 yards per game. Um, and he actually holds the SMU single season receiving yards record. So that is pretty cool um, for him. And he was a Bolitnikoff Award semifinalist. I already <laughs> said it. This 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 whole list is littered with Bolitnikoff Award semifinalists. They can all claim that title uh yeah i mean i think that one thing that side note i find really interesting and fascinating about prospect evaluation is that 
all these players, and I, I mentioned that, you know, he has the SMU single season receiving yards record. That's really prestigious. That's like of all the wide receivers that have ever played for SMU, he is, he had the best season. That's really, really cool. And it's fascinating to me because he's not, no one, I don't think there's anyone who's saying he's the best wide receiver in this class, you know? And I think that it's fascinating because all these guys at one stage in their careers were like the big fish in the small pond, you know? And the competition kept getting harder and harder and they kept moving up and moving up till eventually you go from being like, the dude to like is he even going to get drafted you know what i mean and it's just fascinating to watch that journey and and it is you have to really respect the work and the effort that these guys put in and you know i think that's one thing i just want to call out and shout out is like look even if we're saying this guy's a third round pick or a fourth round pick in your rookie drafts or i wouldn't even draft this guy it doesn't mean that like man i have so much respect for all these players all the talent that they've um you know showcased and how hard they've worked it's just that man the nfl is the creme de la creme mm-hmm. it's the one percent you know and there's so many guys that just they just can't make it. They're not, you know, they're not superstars. They're good players. They're great players. They're just not superstars. So Rasheed Rice, uh, he could potentially fit into that bracket. We'll see what Matt tells us in his four years there. Like I said, he did have a really nice career for SMU in the American conference in his final season. Again, save the best for last, which you do love to see played in 12 games, 96 receptions, 1,355 yards, 14.1 yards per reception and 10 touchdowns. So very, very respectable numbers there. But what do we think of Rasheed Rice, Matt? Tell us, is it Rice, Rice, baby? Are we all aboard the hype train or is this nah, nah, goodbye. See you later. I think this is another guy that we should be getting on the hype train for. Again, this is another guy that I did a thread on earlier in this year. Um, Really stood out to me as as another underrated guy. Nobody was really talking about him at the the beginning of all this process. And now I feel like the the hype's kind of start to to slowly build. And I think the combine's been a a big reason for that. Obviously being listed at 6'1", 204 pounds. So he's got that real solid frame to him. And then looking at what he did in the 40 on a 4.51, which is... Pretty solid, I think, for a guy at that size. I think that's pretty solid numbers. But then you look at the 10-yard split, and this is something that stood out to me. He ran a 1.49, which was tied third. Same as Tank Dell, but this guy's obviously a lot bigger than what a Tank Dell is. So that's just showing the explosiveness. And then you just look at the vertical, 41 inches tied first amongst all wide receivers. And then a really solid bro jump as well of, of 10 eight. So he's really excelled in, in the combine and that's really sort of, I think that's why people are starting to get back on Rasheed Rice. I know he's, he's kind of been a bit of a roller coaster. No one spoke about him. The height was building. He was getting that kind of first round buzz um, in, in the NFL draft. People talking, he could maybe sneak into the first round, kind of dipped a little bit, but now I think it's picking up again. Um, I mentioned earlier about the, the RAS score and the relative athletic score. He scored a 9.6 overall and that's out of 10. So that just goes to show he's, he's excelling at a lot of things, I think. Um, and then, as I mentioned, some things that I look at in terms of the analytical side, I think that the college target share, 33.2%, that's 96 percentile. Um, now, as I mentioned, not one of the, the biggest school, the competition might not be super great, but that, that is literally getting up to, to being like elite numbers. 96 percentile is obviously incredible to, to see. You mentioned that the great season that he finished his, his college career on. Um, overall, I think he's a really exciting guy, somebody that's maybe going to be overlooked um, because he does play for, for SMU. But I mean, Colton Sutton came out of SMU in 2018 and he's had a, a solid NFL career, obviously struggled with injuries, but another guy that when he's healthy on the field, people uh, really like, and I think the NFL really likes. So he's somebody that I'm really interested in when it comes to to, to my rookie drafts that are coming up. Um, as I say, the explosiveness, uh, the explosiveness that he's got is is really appealing to me. The production that he showed in that last year, if he can get that that draft capital, if he can get that 
if you can squeeze into the first round, Evan, I mean, I'm really going to struggle to not get super excited. But even if it's a day two pick, I think that's still solid draft capital. So I'm like, she Rice being from that that smaller school. Um, but yeah, overall, again, another guy that I'm, I'm pretty excited about. Do not snipe me in our rookie draft, please. Oh, I will snipe you. <laughs> <laughs> this is guarantee. Um, yeah, no, I, I think Rishi Rice sounds like we have finally found a player that we're sort of singing on the same hymn sheet Good. here, which is nice to see. I, I do like him a lot. I mean, I think it's interesting because like you said, I think there was some hype building. And then my understanding, again, I wasn't there, but I have talked to a couple people who were there. Uh, I think he didn't have a very good senior bowl. Mm-hmm. And I think that really sort of knocked him a little bit in his sort of draft uh, kind of journey. Um, so I think that didn't help, but he did you know, redeem himself to some extent at the combine there. And it's interesting, You were t- as you were talking, I was thinking about, you know, if you look at uh, mock draftable is a free tool you can use. And it's an interesting tool that, you know, looks at these prospects when they come into the combine and they're measurables. And it just tries to give you some sort of comparisons like athletically and stuff like that. And a couple of his comparisons are like Brandon Ayuk mm-hmm. and Devonte Adams. Um, you know, and it's like, it's not, <laughs> they're not, that, they're not like, bad comparables. They're not bad comparables. <laughs> those are pretty, those are pretty exciting. You know, you can sort of get pretty, pretty hot and bothered when you think about it. And honestly, yeah, like I'll just read you a couple of the notes that I have from watching him and things that I liked. I, I thought he was very, twitchy with his routes i love to see that because i've mentioned so many times for me hands and routes are like two of the biggest things that i'm really looking for i felt he was pretty twitchy with his routes he played wide and in the slot so you like to see that versatility where it's not just he only plays out wide and he only plays on the left side of the formation and he only runs a go route (laughs) you know what i mean um wait this became a jalen hyatt podcast (laughs) no i'm joking um but like he is he he was able to regularly get open and i think that's really valuable because yeah the, the competition is going to be stronger at the NFL level. Of course it is. But the problem is, is like we talked about, I mean, and this is, again, I'm not trying to cast shade on Pukunuku. I feel like I'm picking on the guy. But when you, you when you don't see him getting open at that level, it's like, why can you say, well, he's going to get open at the college, you know, at the NFL level. And it's like, so for me, yes, of course you can say, well, it wasn't the biggest conference or wasn't this, wasn't that. But you can only play where you are. You know, this is where he was. He was dominating where he was. He looked really good. Um, he was able to regularly get open. He was a decent blocker, stroke willing blocker. Again, I know that sounds silly to some people. I think it's really important because I think NFL coaches really care, care about that kind of stuff. I think that, you know, for example, uh, we talked about Brandon Ayuk being one of the comparables. If you remember correctly, Brandon Ayuk uh, came in as a rookie, had a really nice rookie year. Debo was injured a lot of the year, and everybody got really excited about Brandon Ayuk. And then he had a really disappointing sophomore year. And it turns out, like, a lot of the year, he was basically in Kyle Shanahan's doghouse. And a lot of it came down to, like, his lack of willingness to block and his lack of willingness to get involved in certain elements of the game outside of just running around and trying to catch the ball. And that was so important to Kyle Shanahan. Now he's just one example, but I think a lot of coaches are like that. They want to see you helping in the run game because the more versatile you can be, the more mismatches you can create across the field, the more helpful you can be to your team. If you're, if the other team knows the only reason this guy's on the field is he's going to run a go route. And that's all we got to look out for. And that's all we got to worry about. Then obviously it limits the, uh, the things that they need to think about. So I did feel like he got caught up in hand fighting sometimes with DBs and stuff like that, which, you know, can be, I don't like to see that. Um, I'd rather see receivers trying to win with their feet and win with their route running than win with hand fighting and kind of getting caught up in all that because it's just not ideal. He does have some nice hesitation moves and change of pace in his routes, which is something again, that. You know, some of these prospects in college you don't see a lot of. You see them running all of their routes at the same speed, which 
being able to kind of change the pace in their routes and manipulate the defenders that way is quite a nuanced and kind of fairly mature thing in your route running, I think. And I did see some of that in his route running, which I thought was really, really nice. He needs to be stronger in catch, at catching in traffic, though. I do think that's similar to Quentin Johnston, kind of one of my knocks on both of them is like when it comes to like catching across the middle of the field or catching when there's guys closing in on you, there's some concentration jobs or just some not ability to finish off and be strong in the catch point, um, which you need to be able to do. He did have some concentration jobs. I feel like overall he has some really nice tools in the tool chest. He just needs some sharpening, which that is hopefully what's going to happen at the next level. He's going to get better coaching. He's going to get a better surrounding cast, you know, things like that you're hoping. Um, And yeah, I mean, I feel like there's a lot to like there for me. I think that at the minute, basing my concerns with what I'm excited about, I'm pretty comfortable, pretty happy in that middle second round right now um, with Rasheed Rice. Again, like you said, if he surprises us and he sneaks into like the back end of the first round or he gets high second round draft capital, that'll just go up. You know, I'll probably bump him up into that sort of area where I was talking about Tank Dell and stuff where I'm like, hey, I'm happy. I'm excited taking him in a 1QB league around the 112, 201, 202 range um, because I do see a lot of tools there, a lot of things that I'm interested in. It just depends on landing spot a little bit for me because I do think that I don't think he's personally, I don't necessarily see him as like an alpha receiver, like a true number one wide receiver. I think he could be like a really good wide receiver two for a team. And that could be really useful for fantasy and really awesome for fantasy. But I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm taking Rasheed Rice at the 103, you know, or anything like that. So how high would you get? I know you really love the guy. Where would you sort of roughly be drafting him? Yeah, maybe a little bit earlier than you have, maybe pushed to, to early second. I think early to, to mid second is a, a kind of range where I'd be, be fine taking him. As I mentioned, I've, I've done some, uh, I've done a rookie draft already and I managed to pick him up at the end of the second in a super flex. So if you take off the, the, the quarterbacks there, that kind of puts him in that middle second range. And I felt like I got pretty good value on him there. So I was happy to, to take him earlier, earlier if I had to. So. Um, yeah, I think early second to, to towards that mid second is is where I'm comfortable, and and as you said, hopefully he can get that really solid draft capital. The, the landing spot is, I think, for somebody like Rashid Rice is, is going to be quite key. Um, can he get that that early production? If he can hit the ground running, then um, I think you're getting a potential potential stud in Rashid Rice. To be honest, so um, yeah, I think that that early second, I'm, I'll be I'll be fine with that. You know, he really gives me like, and I'm not saying even as a player comp, I'm just saying uh, he gives me those vibes of like, he could be like a T Higgins type Mm -hmm. character where you remember when T Higgins came out, like not many people were very excited about him. Like you were getting him in the early second round of your rookie drafts. Like you were getting him at the very end of the first, but a lot of places you were getting him like the 202, 203 in your rookie drafts quite easily. And then... You know what I mean? All of a sudden, a year or two later, everyone was like talking about him as like a borderline wide receiver one in Dynasty, you know, like a wide receiver to kind of 12 to 15 range. So, you know, it could be one of those situations where you're getting a nice deal on him because people aren't as hyped. He's not coming out of this big, massive school and everything like that. Um, but actually, he's got more than you think, you know what I mean? And he could he could end up surprising a lot of people. So absolutely, I think we're pretty close to the same page there. There you have it, folks. Some Quentin Johnston and Rasheed Rice talk. Hopefully you enjoyed that. Hopefully gave you some stuff to think about. Um, but like I said, feel free to let me know if you have any comments or questions, things you liked, things you you know maybe wanted clarity on, anything like that. You can check it out. Hit me up on um, Twitter at FFEvolution or drop me an email, dynastydebates at gmail.com. May I just ask, if you're enjoying the show, if you're enjoying these these episodes and just the show in general, drop onto your favorite podcast listening platform. Make sure you're subscribed, but also just drop a rating and review. It really helps the show. I really appreciate it. It's completely free to do. And it is 
let's let's be honest. It's, it's Easter week. It's a time to do some good things. Okay, there you go. Sales pitch over. Um, yes, definitely join us again on Good Friday because we're gonna have a great episode with the wonderful Matt. I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate. <laughs>